This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And along with Charlie, of course, uh, yours truly, Frank Proctor. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, I guess I, I'm. Can you? Am I? You can hear me, right? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I can't. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the battle of the earphones it's again. It's so eh? funny because I can hear the music, but yeah, I can't, yeah. the mics aren't working in this. All right, these uh, headphones. Okay. I'll get back to that. Anyway, hi Frank. <laughs> hi Charlie. So nice to have you back. Well, thank you, and uh, a good job, I understand, <clears throat> by Normie Edwards. Oh, amazing, amazing. Norm just slid right into yeah. your seat. He but was so good. He didn't know anything about nematodes. So well, yeah. yeah, but you know, know, he doesn't have eight years of being the undergardener well, under his belt. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but you should have heard him on the yeah. bell. I think he was practicing. He right? was so good on the bell. <laughs> I've got it handy, too. Yeah. yeah. Just in case we do have first-time callers. And I better give you the phone numbers, Charlie. Make sure folks know how to get a hold of you to ask a question. Or, hey, maybe I'll offer up a little bit of advice of themselves. Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-740. 4740. The Garden Show underway from Zoomer Radio. And here is Charlie Dobbin with the list of announcements. <coughs> Wait a minute, you haven't done the mantra yet. Oh, call early, call often, one question per call. That's, That's right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well done. See, you, you, you're just right back, back to it. Didn't take me long. Huh? Even after a week of Mai Tais around the pool. <laughs> how was your holiday? Oh, it was great. It was great. Weather was uh, a little iffy the first couple of days, but then uh, Wednesday of last week, things warmed up and we were getting temps in the high 70s, low 80s. Wow. Beautiful. So, surfing weather. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Lucky you. Okay, just a quick, uh, write this down, my email address. If you wish to send me an email for any reason, it is c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Because I know sometimes people have trouble figuring that out. Yep. Remember as well, if you miss a show or you come in late to a show or you love the show so much you want to listen to it again, it's very easy by going to www.zoomerradio. That's one word, mm-hmm. Zoomer Radio. So there's two R's in there. Zoomerradio.ca slash podcasts. Right. And just go very to the good. garden show and listen again. Right. We did have fun last week. You should listen to last week's show. Okay, quick shout out to Kathleen Hans. Hi, Kathleen. I was working with your daughter, Laura, this past week at uh, Landscape Ontario Congress trade show. And I was volunteering, doing a bunch of different things. And Laura was talking about, you know, different things mm-hmm. that were going on. But she mentioned that her mom really likes the show and does listen. So, hello and thank you for listening. Well, hi, Mom. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one, something came up about mushrooms, you know, the mushrooms that sometimes grow in the lawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mentioned that if people can get 
out early enough in the morning and whether it's a golf club or, a, you know, with your foot, knock off what the you caps. see yep. yeah, above ground, you will slow down the spores being spread. Oh. And the question was, well, wouldn't you spread the spores even more? Well, not if you get out early enough, right? You got to get out before the mushroom turns into the toadstool, before it opens up into that umbrella okay. shape, yeah. still like a round little ball. Mm-hmm. Knock them off, and you will not spread spores at all. First handy tip of the day. No, oh, Okay, Excellent. there you are. Right, and yep. just quickly, I did mention this last week, but January 28th, the Applewood Garden Club hosting their ninth annual charity fundraiser featuring three garden divas. That's at 7 p.m. at the Great Hall Unitarian Congregation, 84 South Service Road in Mississauga. For more information, www.applewoodgardenclub.org. And quickly put on your calendars the weekend of February 13th and 14th, that's Saturday and Sunday, February 13th and 14th, right at Valentine's Day. The Southern Ontario Orchid Society presents its 36th annual orchid show at the Toronto Botanical Gardens from 11 to 5 uh, both days, basically. We went there last year. We did. We and did. And I remember meeting Inga and Peter Poot, oh, former right. na- neighbors of mine, Poot. many, many years and ago. And you were so surprised yeah, to run into them. Yeah, well, it was wonderful. From you know? Uxbridge. And, yep. and of well, course, yeah. The good, Goodwood area. Goodwood but, area. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, orchid people are, uh, you know, once you're into orchids, you're into orchids. And of course, the idea is the Orchid Society wants to get you into orchids the way they are. So the idea is to come to the show. You can learn orchid names. You can be intoxicated by the scents. You can revel in the myriad of colors and learn how easy they are to grow. Then you visit the vendors and you shop. There you go. So I think we'll be sorting out uh, you and I going. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll have Terry Kennedy on in advance uh, to do a bit of an orchid theme on our show here. So for people with orchid questions, we'll be certainly covering those off uh, one day in the next few weeks. Excellent. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, saying, Yeah, we've got a line or two open right now. 416 360 Anywhere else in the province, toll free, of course, 1 866 740 And the voice you hear when you first call up will be that of Sebastian's, uh-huh. who has a special assistant. Jamie <laughs> is helping him out today. Hey, way to go, Jamie. Yeah. And welcome, Jamie. All right, and we're off and running, okay? All right. Hi, Dorothy. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, I've heard Charlie mention on the radio several times that the, the uh, flowers have to have, or I should say the flower pots have to have holes in the bottom of them for mm-hmm. drainage. That's right. All right. So I'm using some good, not good china, but it is sort of china, to plant some um, roots for my flowers, but... I don't know how much or how many pebbles or stones I have to put in the pot to make it for the drainage. Okay, so the idea of putting gravel or stones in the bottom of a container for drainage when there are no holes is not a good plan. Because all you're doing is you're limiting, you're ending up with less soil than you should have. So the roots struggle and it doesn't stop overwatering. Because if you do overwater, at first the water will go down into the gravel. But extra water, of course, will 
go right up into the soil, and before you know it, you have a soggy mess. It's okay to pull out some china or beautiful ceramic, what we call overpots or uh, cash, C-A-C-H-E, cash pots, but we take cheap plastic drainage hole, cheap green pots, and we put them inside those beautiful overpots. Oh. Okay, so yeah, don't go that route of gravel in the bottom. Doesn't it's not a good idea. It doesn't really work, and the plants will not be happy. Oh, I see. Okay. So, uh, so in other words, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, does it apply to both uh, bulbs and then yes. roots too? Yes. All plants need the initial plant. The initial pot they get planted into has drainage holes, and if it's not a pretty pot, then you put, take that ugly hole, pot with the holes in the bottom, and you stick that into something much prettier. Oh, I see. That's okay. how it works. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, Dorothy. Good thank question, you very though. Much. Yeah, calling from Toronto, by the way, uh, was Dorothy, and uh, that leans a uh, line open at four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And then uh, anywhere else, it's 1-866-744-740. Now, not many people out doing gardening so much. Well, so you know what I'm doing today? Tell me what you're up to. Well, I finally took down my Christmas tree. I'm always a bit slow to get it up, so I'm a bit slow (laughs) to get it down. But I am not putting that Christmas tree out at the end of my driveway for the municipality to pick it up and go and mulch it or something. What I do is I, first I get out my loppers and I lop off a bunch of the lower branches. Then I take those branches. Now it's a beautiful Fraser fir. So I'm taking all these boughs from Mm -hmm. the tree and I will use those boughs to protect my, some of my broadleafed evergreens because as winter progresses, if it gets really cold, um, the evergreens really start to suffer because the sun and the wind in the cold, we get that desiccation, you know, the the dehydration of the the evergreens. So I'll be laying boughs on my hellebores, my euonymus, uh, anything that's at all tender Mm -hmm. or anything that's going to burn in sunshine when the sun really starts to to come in in February, March. So first I do that. So I've got pieris. I've got a number of, you know, things that I really love. and I, I I don't want them to get all yellow and burnt. So I protect them with boughs. Then I take what's left of the tree and I stick it in, um, like, a, you know, stabilize it out in the garden and I leave it for the birds because I have great bird action in my backyard. I know. I've seen your backyard now, and you're right. A lot of bird action. A out lot there. of bird action. All, all sorts of birds, too. Oh, yeah. Great. I just, I, I, and I was looking at when the great backyard bird count. That's coming up, remember? Oh, so that comes yeah. up later in February, and we'll talk about that more in the future. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, putting the, the Christmas tree out there, hang some little pine cones dipped in peanut butter or uh-huh. little suet balls in the tree, and, and the birds love it. It's just a, a little place for them to shelter on a cool day and get a little extra food. And of course, your backyard is also inhabited by many cats. Many cats, over the, yes. Over the days and the evenings, it's too. It's true. It's a pretty yeah. cat-friendly place. And birds. <laughs> Okay. Hey, we have uh, Eleanor online from Thornhill. Hello, Eleanor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I'm just turning off the radio. Oh, very good. Excellent idea. All right. (laughs) Okay, I have an aloe plant that I've had for years, Mm -hmm. and I've had it in a pot maybe 10 inches wide, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's made like three other plants inside. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, during the holidays, I move it to a corner, and yesterday I went to move it back to its regular place, mm-hmm. and the three plants fell out. 
Aww. Okay, of the pot. Yeah. Uh, the roots are growing sideways instead of down. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? Well, so, uh, so, so the three plants. So you've got the main plant plus the three, and yes. the three yeah. were the pluses. So you've still got the main plant in the main pot. Yeah, but they both, but the bigger, the, the only one that's left is a little one. Oh. The other one, the other one's like fell, fell out of the pot. Hmm. Because uh, the roots were growing sideways instead of up and instead of straight down. Yeah. Well, aloe is an interesting plant. It doesn't have a ton of roots, actually. And of course, as we know, it's a succulent. So it's yeah. a plant that doesn't need much water. Uh-huh. It uh, holds a lot of moisture in its leaves. And you can tell, you can feel, you know, it's like a swollen, thick leaf full of moisture. And it's only when it gets really, really, really thirsty that the leaf starts to get a bit soft. Uh, you see. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a big aloe. I water it about twice a year. So, um, so that's that's the main oh, thing really? to remember that, is, yeah, don't oh. water it much because, again, you will not have, you'll even have fewer roots. Yeah. So if you've got this big 10-inch pot and a little tiny plant in the 10-inch pot, how long was the original, al- how long ago was the original aloe planted in that pot? Oh, it's been living there for uh, years. Years and years. <laughs> um, all right. So my, my impulse is to think that, uh, perhaps when you at Christmas, when it got moved into the corner there, where it was darker probably than what it's used to, uh, there was a certain amount of um, rotting of roots going on, yeah. which is why they fell out the way they did. Yeah. So yeah. what I would probably do is you could do get you could go to the store and get yourself four little six inch clay pots, six yeah. or eight inch maximum clay, not plastic. Yeah. Some nice fresh cactus soil. Okay. <clears throat> And each of those plants could be potted separately into its own clay pot uh-huh. in a very well-drained cactus-type soil. Yeah. And once they're re- repotted, and even if there's so little root there, sometimes I'll just use something like chopsticks, and I'll stabilize the plant, you know, get the plant to stand in the center of the pot the way I want it to be. Yeah. And stabilize it with some chopsticks, three chopsticks all the way around, uh-huh. place it on the sunny windowsill, and don't Move it and don't like water once when you transplant, but don't water again for like a month or two. And just let that plant sit there in the sun and it will slowly start growing some roots to the point that you can start moving the plant around. But at first, with so little roots, it's very important to, to you know, let it be until it gets some roots growing. The, okay. the alternative would be to keep them all together in one pot, but I would start fresh. I would put these plants into a clay pot and I would ensure that I'm using cactus soil. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Keep in touch with us. Let us know how how that works. Okay, thank you very much for calling into the Garden Show, Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and of course 96.7 FM downtown. Yes, Uh thought I'd throw that in. Timeless hits as well. Uh, And the Garden Show. Uh (laughs) And Timeless Uh, Frank. Yes. Tireless. Tireless and timeless. Well, I wish that were true. Uh, 416 360 And anywhere in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. The Master Gardener, Charlie Dobbin, shall return momentarily. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Nice to have you with us here on this uh, 
rather, well, it's, it's mild, really. Uh, and, and temps are going to continue, though, to drop. I was going to say, on yeah, aren't yeah, we don't, hearing don't that? Get too, don't get too cozy <laughs> there. Uh, and uh, the lines are open at 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And that's, of course, from anywhere in the province of Ontario. Nice to have you uh, listening in and joining us here on this Saturday morning from Zoomer Radio. So where exactly did you go in Florida? Well, actually, it's a spot uh, just about a half an hour north of Fort Lauderdale, um, in the Hillsborough Beach is the area it's called, and uh, that's also the stretch so near of, Lauderdale, uh, right? Yeah, about half an hour oh, north okay. of Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah, okay? okay. And it's also that that Hillsborough Mile they call it is chock full of millionaires' homes. Oh I mean, really? the most, the most uh, unbelievable amount of money that's being spent, particularly in one place. Uh, there is a house there, and I kid you not, it's the world's most expensive house, $159 million. Well, that's not a house. Well, yeah, that's like it a is. That's a palace. Now, you know, if you get a lot of friends, 30 car parking underneath. Uh, <laughs> yeah. can't, like, leave it two, to the Americans. $2 million, $2 million in gold leaf. <laughs> on some of the staircasing coming down from inside. I mean, it's you, you can Sounds have a, a bit of a peek at it as you drive by. It's that close to the road, but it is just massive, just un- unbelievable. That's funny. Unbelievable. Well, so um, tell me, did you see any good plants when you were there? Yeah, well, a lot of flora and fauna. <laughs> 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 okay, so being the under, under, under gardener. Palm, palm, palms, palm lots trees, of palms, yeah. coconut palms. In fact, I watched the guys mm-hmm. in this, it's called the Sunrise Suites, mm-hmm. where we stayed. And uh, Shirley has gone there many, many times. It's first time for me, so mm-hmm. I was amazed watching these guys. We had about eight guys over to cut the uh, oh, yeah. palm, palm tree, the coconuts off. Because people and, get and hurt. Get, yeah. Oh, man. But this one guy, he gets his ladder. It had to be a 30-foot ladder. He climbs up by himself. And then beyond the ladder, he has a just a rope around the tree and works his way up with spikes on his shoes, you know, the uh, lumberjack thing, up to the top. He's about 50, 60 feet above I the ground. Know, I know. Unbelievable. He's held by his, oh. his boots and a, and a rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Boy, he, and, and he's he got a, a machete in his he had back pocket. a saw, oh. a, 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 you know, a, a power saw. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. that's not the right way to do it. You're well, supposed to use like a blade, a sharp blade. Well, and just he chop, chop, chop. He he did okay with that power saw. I'll tell you, <laughs> man. Uh, not me. No, I'd be uh, I'd be petrified. What we were looking up uh, uh, here on on the web, you yes. were looking at. Pulse Canada. This well, what the heck is Year of the Pulse. It's the International Year of Pulses. Okay. Okay. So that's not the pulse like the boom, 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 Just boom. Yeah, no, not alive. that one. Okay. No, not no. that pulse. No, it's pulses. And actually, that's, I, you're right. I could go to the Pulse Canada had that. So Canada's $3 billion pulse industry celebrates the launch of the UN International Year of Pulses in 2016. So pulses, of course, are beans. That includes the beans that are native to North America, like all the ones that we know of, the kidney beans and the green beans and all those kinds of beans. It also includes lentils and chickpeas, which are from the um, Middle East, Uh Mideast, and then and even soybeans, which are originally, as far as I know, from Asia. They are they are all pulses or legumes. 
You know, surprisingly, looking at the website along with you, mm. Canada is the world's largest producer and exporter mm. of dry peas and lentils. Yep, shipping to more than 150 countries around the world each year. Now, the reason why this is the International Year of the Pulse is because they're, they're, the pulse growers want us, the consumers, mm-hmm. to eat more beans. Good for, for you. Well, for a couple reasons, yeah. Number one, they're good for you. They are full of all kinds of minerals and nutrients and proteins. Mm-hmm. Number two, they're good for the land because legumes actually take nitrogen from the air and leave it behind in the soil. So they fertilize themselves and leave a more fertile soil behind, unlike most crops, uh, yeah. which just take nutrients. Legumes add nutrients to the soil. And number three, from an economic perspective, we can grow and and feed a lot more people with beans uh, in terms of the amount of land or the carbon footprint used than we do with, say, cattle farming, uh, even corn farming, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, beans are, and there were some great stats that, of course, I'm not going to be able to find now that I'm looking for them, that I heard that it, it's just amazing, sort of the dollar values of beans. Well, you've got to be concerned about this these days with beef the Canadian nutrition. dollar being where it is mm-hmm. and where it's going, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the price of food rising because yep. most of the stuff we eat well, at the stores some, are imported. I was going to say some crazy prices out Man. there. I mean, we're at $3 a broccoli now and, you know, yeah, yeah. $3 a, a red pepper. So, yeah, at this time of year when vegetables are so expensive and they're not going to suddenly get any cheaper, think about beans and think about lentil soup. Anyway, bottom line, if you go to pulses.org, you'll end up at the international site. Or if you want to go to the Canadian site, it's just Pulse Canada. Dot, dot com, and there are some wonderful recipes and wonderful reasons for why we should all be eating lots of beans. There you are. Right. Eat your beans. Eat your beans. Oh, I, that little poem, I remember, but I won't repeat yeah, it right yeah. now. Beans, yeah, yeah. Beans, beans are good for that your heart. Music, you, it's true. Uh, more, well, yes. It is true. That little rhyme is based <laughs> on truth, just so you know. Yes, it is. It's not just a children's silliness. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they do not feed astronauts. Beans? Well, they should. Well, no, they shouldn't because well. it's it's highly dangerous in that <laughs> suit, and that's exactly true. <laughs> it's, oh, stop! Oh, well, I'm oh, telling you, I'm, I'm just a little, I'm not just a, being an old. You're gas just bag making here. that up. <laughs> you missed that. You you read that on the Martian or something? No, actually, or saw that on the Martian. Sent to me uh, a bunch of. Uh, oh right, you believe uh, all those trivia? Well, yeah, <laughs> trivia things. Yeah. <laughs> you you look at me as if I'm crazy, but. Well, 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 I am. It does make sense. There you are. Phone numbers. If you want to give a call to Charlie and myself, it's 416-360-0740. And, of course, the Garden Show can be reached and accessed with this number for anywhere in the province, one 866 740 right? All right. So did you get end up with a poinsettia in your home this season? No, I didn't. No? No. Well, I'm sure many of our listeners did. Yeah. And if you did, and if you'd like to hold on to your poinsettia for next year, okay. here are some, some suggestions for what you should do. I mean, assuming it's in reasonably good condition right now. 
So what you want to do right now is, of course, keep it wherever you've got it. Mm -hmm. If it's in good condition now, you're doing the right things. You've got it in a bright spot. There's no drafts, hot or cold. You're keeping the humidity up. You're watering when the plant starts to get a bit dry. Come March, early April, it's going to be time to prune back the poinsettias. So um, you will have lost all your colored, you know, red mm. leaves or pink leaves, whatever you had, and you're going to prune the plant back to about eight inches tall. And uh, there should still be some leaves on the plant, of course, because you will still have some lower green leaves, hopefully, still attached. Um, if there are any colored leaves, make sure that they are all pruned off. Keep the plant in that sunny window. Keep watering it regularly and start feeding. If you haven't been feeding, con continue or start feeding with a diluted fish emulsion every two weeks and continue to do that right through till the fall. Mm -hmm. So that's March, right through to the fall, feeding, just like we do our, our regular house plants because they all start to grow then, right? They love the longer days, they start to grow. So there we are, we've pruned back our poinsettia, we're fertilizing regularly. In June, we're going to transplant the poinsettias into a bigger pot than whatever they're in now. So if it was in a four-inch pot, we're going to go to a six. If it was in a six, we're going to go to an eight-inch. And if it was an eight-inch, we'll go to a ten-inch. Uh, because that's going to be appropriate. The, the roots are get fairly hefty. You can keep this plant indoors, but it would be happier if you put it outside. Mm -hmm. You get more vigorous growth. In, but you And it will want to be in full sun eventually, but you won't start in full sun. You'll go out into gentle shade, it's protected. Gradually. That's right. We yep. call that hardening off, where we go from inside to outside mm -hmm. gently and carefully. So, you know, right. Into a sheltered spot, shady, and then into a little more wind, a little more sun, until we're right out in full sun. Every third week or so, pinch the shoots back to two or three fully grown leaves. So, And do this right up until mid-August. The reason you're going to do that is you want to make it a bushy plant. It's going to be really tall and scraggly if you don't pinch those growing tips and force ah, side shoots. Okay. Yeah, so you can sort of imagine how this is happening mm -hmm. as it's growing. It's getting bushier and, and dense and compact. By the middle of August, it's time to bring the plant inside before the night temperatures drop below 55 degrees Fahrenheit. So maybe you'll wait till September, depending on where you live. Put it where it will receive at least six hours of sun and stop fertilizing. Right. Now, this is the tricky part, the one people always ask about. Poinsettias won't flower or they won't flower or get the colorful bracts or leaves unless they're kept in total darkness for 14 continuous hours per night for 8 to 10 weeks. Wow. I know. So, what do you got to do? Well, starting October 1st, keep the plant in a closet <laughs> or an unused room at night or cover it with a box or heavy paper bag every single night for 8 to 10 weeks for 14 continuous hours. During the day, of course, you want it in full sunlight. Okay, right? so, so this is going to take some work. I, mean, I know, I know. Little alarm clocks for when, whoops. Yep, yep, time to cover time, the points out. That's right. In, in the closet it goes, and then go, and 14 no, hours later, you got to get it back out. open the closet during that 14 <laughs> hours, right? So God forbid you want your coat. No, well, that's why. Don't use a closet uh, if you're going to, if yeah, it's the oh, coat right, closet, okay. right? Make sure it's a closet you're not going into. Right. Because even that little tiny speck of light will mess up the system mm -hmm. here. So continuous hours of darkness Eight to ten weeks starting October 1st. So, of course, you're going to continue to water, right? Yeah. You're in the sun all day. You can keep feeling the soil. You're used to what it feels like, time to water. And begin feeding again at some point there in October, November. 
So after eight to ten weeks, you should be seeing color, right? Mm-hmm. The green yep. leaves are going to be turning red or pink or whatever color the plant was. And uh, you're back in business and you got a beautiful poinsettia. If this all seems like a bit too much and you just really don't <laughs> want to spend your time playing around with your poinsettia, just don't even go there and just buy a new one next year. That sounds like a, an excellent <laughs> plan to me. <laughs> okay. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, uh, you've got mentioning poinsettia uh, plants and so forth, and I think that engendered a call from Jane, mm-hmm. listening in from Blue Water. Good morning, Jane. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, and happy new belated happy new year to <laughs> thank, both of you. Thank you. You too. Haven't talked to you for a long time, but I listen. Excellent. <laughs> good. Good. I received a poinsettia, I would say tree, mm-hmm. this Christmas season, and it's about, I would say, about four feet tall. Mm, nice. Stem or a trunk on it about an inch in diameter. Wow. And it was gorgeous. And it's, of course, not quite as gorgeous now because the leaves are falling off. And I, I brought it home from um, a shop and it's, um, it, it did get a bit of a draft, but I, I covered it over with plastic. And it's still living and it's still red, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful uh, crimson red. Mm. Um, uh, I guess you call them petals on it, the leaves. Yeah, the it. leaves are actually bracts, but anyway, yeah, bracts, either way. Yeah. Bracts, that's the word I heard you use. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if I do anything different with it than what you were describing no. with the plants, because no. I've tried with the plants before and mm-hmm. haven't had luck. Oh. They've lived like on all the way to the fall, but I didn't have all that other information about the 14 yeah, hours in yeah. the dark and all of that. Well, if you can get li- keep them living right through until October the 1st, and they're, you know, it's a good-looking plant, and certainly that tree is worth saving because that is, that's quite an old plant. When you've got a, an inch diameter yeah. trunk on it, you know that's been around for many, many years and mm-hmm. t- grown to that size. So if you can keep that going, I think that would be really great. Uh, that would be exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> fa- you know, you, you obviously, you know, avoid those drafts, water as necessary, get it out side for the summer, but your challenge will be finding a spot in your home where you can give it that darkness, tr- true darkness, 14 right. hours, 8 to 10 weeks. Uh, I'll and, have to empty a closet and just have it for it. And then sun, excuse me, and then sunlight the other, you know, mm. 10 hours a day. So you might want to get... Sun, <clears throat> my sunlight I don't have a problem with so much. It's, I have an east window, mm-hmm. east facing window, that I keep my um, orchids on the end, end of the table in and they love that yeah, spot. That's and a great spot for the so orchids. Well. The poinsettia so, wouldn't mind a slightly brighter spot if you had a western or southern window. I'd probably prefer it, but it'll it'll be fine in east as well. I seem to get the most light in this in this big yeah. bow window, though. So I don't know if it would get as much light in the in the western. Okay. Sounds good. Maybe get a little dolly, one of those little round uh, gizmos with wheels. and oh, move around. And then you can roll, <clears throat> excuse me, roll it in and out of the closet easily because that's going to be a big plant. That's going to be something that's going to be a lot of work, humping and it I in and out of I closets. Re- repot this one as well to a bigger pot? Um, if you can. If it's just too big to deal with, then I could understand. Like, What size pot do you think it's in now? I I haven't measured it with any actual measuring tool, but I would say it's about 
Maybe, do they make 9-inch, I would No, say? it's probably 10. It must be a 10 then. <clears throat> yeah, 10 is a it's very a good size common top. size, and 12s are actually sometimes kind of hard to come by. So you're probably mm-hmm. going to be better to leave it in that pot, but you can okay. keep your eyes peeled. You might find a 12-inch pot out there. Don't go clay. My preference would be a plastic pot for a poinsettia. Um, it's in a plastic, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, just uh, make it simple for yourself in terms of going in and out of that closet, though, <laughs> next uh, next fall. Yep. Right, and uh, and will it get root-bound in that pot and then just I, keep its own size? or No, eventually you're going to need to repot it, but I, I think you'd probably be okay to get away with this first year in the same pot. And then if and you give can, it a good a good start with a new location and all of that. Yeah, and then see if you can yeah. get it through, and we can always pot it up next year if we if it's still a happening thing. Yeah, good luck yeah. with that, Jane, because uh, that's it. Sounds like it's a, a gorgeous plant. Yeah, you know, yeah. Keep it nice and healthy. Good for you. Wonderful. Okay. Thanks for your Excellent. call. And oh, hey, Charlie, look at this. Oh, we what? have a first-time caller nice. from uh, hey, my hometown, London, Ontario. <laughs> Mike. Good morning, Mike. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for the line. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. I have I listened to you in the past quite a bit. I've got lots of tips from you and other people. It's a uh, good show. Thank you. Now, Nick, can you help me with my struggle? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> well, every year, I'm pretty good with plants, but I cannot, for some reason, grow radishes. Like, I can plant... I don't know, a hundred or two or three hundred in a row, and I might get a half a dozen nice no ones. Really? And they just, they don't, they grow a bottom, but there's no, you know, no ball on it. It just, it, they don't grow, they grow a root, but it's skinny and kind huh. of woody or whatever, and the, the top of the plant looks great, eh? Like, they're beautiful plants. If you let them go, they get really big, and, huh. but yeah, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Huh. Do you grow any other root crops like carrots or onions or garlic? Yeah, a few little things. Um, carrots didn't do very good either, but they were better. And, and and part of the problem is we do a lot of in the hanging garden to keep them away from the bunnies. Okay. So the soil's not in, actually in the real earth. It's about a foot deep, and it's our own mix. But same thing happens in the ground, though, really. So it's just not much different. I don't know if I'm not planting the seeds deep enough or what I'm doing wrong. I just can't figure it out. No, because if they're germinating and you're getting greens, then, you know, you're doing a fine yeah. job planting. Yeah, they all come up. And you're using, you're getting fresh seeds every year? Um, no, actually, no. They, they, they would be older seeds sometimes from, from the year before or maybe two years old, yeah. Okay, so I would recommend some fresh <clears throat> radishes. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you're growing in pots or containers, yeah. it's a very good idea, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, uh, water often, because of course you're typically growing in a soilless mix, yeah. uh, not the ground. The ground, of course, we don't water every day, but make sure that you're keeping that soilless mix in the container fairly moist, particularly when you're germinating the seeds. Okay. Um, get fresh seed every year. You'll ha- always have better germination. Well, that, that would be a big tip right there because I know I've done, I've used old seeds a lot of times. So mm-hmm. that would probably help maybe. And there are certain varieties of nowadays of all the vegetables that are bred to grow in containers. So oh, they tend to be smaller plants and they tend to grow faster because radishes do grow very, very quickly. Yeah, that's what I like about them. And you can start them so early too, eh? Yeah. Um, I mean, and of course, yeah, and the one I love is there's one called Easter egg radish and they oh. come in all different colors, right? Oh, oh. Is that right. Yeah. So they're yellow and orange and red and oh, white. I've never even seen those yeah. before. No, either have I. Yeah. So they're fun. I mean, if you want to try something different. Different. And you don't have to grow them huge. I mean, remember, if we leave our radishes in the ground too long, they get really tough and woody anyway. Oh, yeah. So it's just one of those 
germinate, leave them for what, three weeks, four weeks, and then pull and, and re-sow is what I would do. Right. But remember that your greens, your radish greens, are completely edible and very yummy. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Some people Don't consider it like, like, like lettuce? The, the best part of the vegetable. Wow, I never even knew you could eat it. I've never tried yeah. it. Yeah, most people, I guess, should throw them in the compost, right? Yeah, probably. There's a rustic radish soup. There's roasted radishes with radish greens. There's radish leaf pesto. All kinds of great radish green wow. recipes. Yeah, so, that sounds good. Yeah, so, I mean, in worst case, if you don't get a yummy radish, say, you know, do something with the greens, right? Because they're oh, tasty. Yeah, the they've greens got a, great. They've got a little bite to them. So They they're... grow really good. I mean, they look awesome. <laughs> awesome. You know, I just, I, I just pull them out. Oh, I'm pulling them <laughs> okay, so this time you're going to go, woo, look at these yummy greens, even yeah, if there's yeah, no big happy no matter what, root eh? attached. Exactly. Like no matter what. And then re-sow, right? Because remember, soil temperature does have something to do with the growth of vegetables as well. So, you know, sometimes you'll find that when you plant in May versus July versus August, you'll get mm-hmm. a, you know, a whole different experience from the plants. Well, the other thing I thought might, I might be doing wrong is overcrowding. If, if, mm. if, if, if they don't have a room to, to True. You know, go, go round as opposed to Abs- the cylinder type. Yep, that's true. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Being greedy, trying to get too many, and maybe uh, if I went with half as many, I'd have nicer ones. Well, perhaps uh, I could eat, actually eat. That's right, or thin them, right? If you do end up sewing too thick of a row, and you see like they're all coming up, you know, cheek by jowl, go yeah. in there and pull some out right. before you wait for the maturity of the ones you leave. Right. And one of the things I love is you can get seeds that are actually in what's called a seed tape. Oh, it's, it's seed it's, tape? Tape, T-A-P-E. Yeah, the seeds are embedded in long tape. It's almost like toilet paper. It's like really thin paper. I see. And the little seeds are spaced perfectly, so you can't screw up in terms of overseeding. Now, is that available at any good garden? Yeah, um, McKenzie is one of the seed... uh, Yeah, I've heard of McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. McKenzie seeds, they do seed tapes for carrots, and I know they do it for radish as well. And so easy, right? You just make a little furrow in your soil, Lay the tape in the furrow, a little bit of soil on top of the tape, actually water, then a little bit of soil on top of the tape, a little more water, walk away, and an hour later they're up, and three days later you're harvesting just about <laughs> with radishes. Well, geez, i got to find me some of that tape, yeah. tape, tape seeds then. I'm looking for them in the spring. All right, there you go. Well, good luck that, hunt. Good way to send, and get some fresh yeah. seeds that way, too. Right. Thanks okay. for joining us on the show, oh, Mike. I think I'm going to have some luck this spring. All right, let okay, us buddy. know. We want to hear about that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. 416-360-0740. And, of course, uh, anywhere in the province, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And, Sandra, hang on. We're coming to you momentarily after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let's bop along to Milton and say hi to Sandra. Hey, Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning to you both. Morning. Um, the reason I'm calling is because a little while ago, within well, since Christmas, mm-hmm. I heard one of your um, um, blurbs. Yeah, <laughs> for my lack little tips. Of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the radio uh, at ten thirty in the morning mm-hmm. about uh, forcing bulbs, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, question I have is that uh, since I heard that, I did buy post-season some paper whites mm-hmm. in a kit. Mm-hmm. And I've planted them, um, and now I'm wondering if I should have put those in a cold storage <laughs> for a while. 
Great because they're question. not growing very fast. And oh. You said that they would be just shooting up after this cold storage. Okay, so what interesting question that you're asking. Paper whites do not need cold treatment. Okay. Okay. So unlike hyacinths and tulips and our traditional daffodils, etc., that we grow outside, you know, here in this climate, uh, which need the cold in order to mm-hmm. form the flower bud. Paper whites are not hardy plants, so they are would we would never they wouldn't survive our winters. We would never plant them outside. We only plant them indoors. Oh, really? And we don't typically plant them in soil. Okay. So they came with soil. They did. Eh? Oh, it's so silly. Well, okay, it's not the end of the world to put. It, I mean, the easiest way to plant paper whites usually is just gravel and water. Oh. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, one of the simplest plants to grow. You know, you get yourself a saucer or a, a shallow bowl, right. fill it the bottom with gravel, place the paper whites, um, you know, obviously pointy end up on top of the gravel. And they can be like touching each other. You know, you can just fill the, the whole thing. Or in your case, you've got them in a pot. Either way, make sure that the, um, so you have them planted, but you did you bury, you didn't bury them below the ground, did you? Okay. Uh, before, below the soil level, yes. you mean? Yeah. N- no, and they're not in the ground. They're just <laughs> in a pot. Oh, okay. So you, okay. No, but sorry, but yeah. have you planted them in the pot? Yes, I did. Can you see the paper whites or did you bury the bulbs beneath the surface of the soil? Um, this. Soil is probably a little higher than what the box advised, okay. um, and they just said to put them in about halfway up mm-hmm. through into the soil, mm-hmm. then to cover them with gravel. And I thought, well, the soil was pretty light, and when I put the water in, it will settle, mm-hmm. and it really hasn't. Mm-hmm. They're still sort of sitting up to their neck with the gravel. Right. Well, which is fine. I guess, yeah, I'm not quite sure how this kit works, but the idea is that the roots need to have, be exposed to moisture. Okay. They do not want to be underwater, but they need to be exposed to moisture. And that's where if you sit them in, sit them on top of the gravel, the roots will go down into the water that's below the surface of the gravel. So they've only been in the pot for about a week. So I take them out and start them all over again in gravel. I'd be inclined to do that, yep. Like, you will probably find that you, you have had some root growth, but um, main thing is, is that you do not want the actual bulbs in a seriously moist situation because they will rot. Okay. So that's why, you know... So they even, find their own way through the gravel to the to the moisture. Yeah, the roots will, will grow down, and the bulbs themselves must not actually... They should only be kissing the water. Okay. They're not in the water. And uh, and then they will grow. And you just put them in a sunny spot. If it's a warm, sunny spot, they'll grow very quickly. If you put them in a cool spot, which is preferred, they'll grow a little more slowly and a little more compact. And then as they're just getting ready to, to bloom, you bring them into your sunny spot, and they're super fragrant and, mm-hmm. you know, easy plant to grow. But, yeah, I mean, I'd either, either pull, you know, tilt the tip the whole thing over onto some newspaper and maybe just put it all back together with the bulbs higher or just start again with the bulbs on top of the uh, gravel. Super. Okay, thanks so much. much. All right, thank you very much for uh, the call, Sandra. (laughs) Nice to have you on the line. And unfortunately, we can't get to our uh, next caller there, Jane, as well from Milton. I know. Sorry about that, Jane. Call early, call off, and call next week. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There you go. And uh, I see the gang, uh, Dave's Corner Garage, all uh, lined up, ready to get moving along with a song and a dance in their heart. I bet you. And also a bunch of information from the Detroit Auto Show. Oh, yes. they were some kind of VIPs down there. I think they had, you know, preferred access to some of these. Treatment. Yeah, yeah, new new varieties of cars that people are coming up with. <laughs> thank so. you, Jamie, and thank you, Sebastian.
for yes, your, thanks so there. much, and thank you, Frank, for all. It's so nice to have you back. Well, thank you. Very I mean, much. Norm was good, but you're the best. <laughs> oh, don't let no, poor Normie know. He's going to be despondent. Oh no, he won't. <laughs> I'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.